Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Israeli-born guitarist Rotem Sivan on the 2024 CD called Dream Louder. We caught up with him about this brand new album that is a musical love letter to his wife and her immediate family. He has been turning heads since arriving in New York City, lauded for his energy, ideas, and virtuosic chops. He has racked up an impressive list of recordings as a leader. We get into a whole lot. Enjoy. Hey, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out for the show today. Of course, my pleasure. So before we get into Dream Louder, I want to know, you know, the last three and a half years was quite tumultuous for us all, especially for the musician community. How did you survive the pandemic and how has it changed you now that, you know, we're, we've come out of it, you got a new album, how, how's it going? Yeah, I think, I think the pandemic was harsh uh, for everybody in a lot of ways and I feel people that were dealing uh, with public appearances like musicians and, and of course, different professions were hit uh, even emotionally harder because they couldn't do what they do. And I think a lot of people recognize their work as their, you know, themselves in a way. So that was, that was a strong hit. Um, I think um, the pandemic made me and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, find solutions and find, try and figure out things in different ways, whether it's, um, emotionally or, or work or other things. Um, it, it was kind of like an interesting reset button that also allowed to rethink what we want to do, you know, and what what is needed for us as people. Uh, so although it was extremely harsh and, of course, catastrophic in a lot of ways, it also led to other paths that maybe would not have been found uh, otherwise because things stopped you know, and, and we had to figure it out. So I guess for me, it was, it was, uh, yeah, no shows, no, no, none of that. And then I basically tried to, to say, okay, it's, it's a time for me to figure out and, and try to, to learn music and to develop myself as a, as a person and, you know, practice things and then just dive deeper into, you know, creation. So that's what I, I try to do. Um, I'm very grateful um, to <laughs> the fact that we can play shows and, and communicate and meet people. You know, that was, of course, for all of us, a very necessary thing that happened. So, I mean, you know, I think, like, playing shows and, and playing tours and all these things happen are extremely exciting, um, even more than ever, if you will. And I feel like also audiences are a little bit more kind of like coming out to shows and supporting yeah, I hope this answers the question. Yeah, no, it did absolutely answer it. I'm curious, for Dream Louder, the newest album, what were the kind of the artistic forces that went in to create this project? Yeah, so um, the album is, is sort of like, um, if you will, an open love letter to, to my wife and her family. So uh, I got married um, about a year and a half ago. Almost, yeah, about a year and a half ago. And and, you know, I, I got a chance to meet, like, and connect for the last couple of years or more than a couple of years um, with, with, you know, her family, which is just a bunch of great people. <laughs> so I started writing some music for these, you know, for, for, for my wife and, and her mom and her dad and her sister, et cetera. So, and and her, the husband of her sister and just people I, I got a chance to hang and still do and, um, and the album was just 
interesting process of writing songs for specific people and and also it was very rewarding to you know play some shows in Europe and and have them here for example uh, Laura said Luke just a great dude you know and and it's just really nice to play to play his song and to see him shine you know it's just it's, it's a great feeling and I think the idea of us uh, as artists as a musician, we're able to kind of, you know, project this beam of light on something, a person, an idea, a concept. And and if it's a person, you know, somebody kind of sees himself through that prisma of of life, and I think that brings a lot of yeah, happiness. So this this is a part of the, this album, Dream Louder. So what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Well, there there are kind of two things. So the title of the album is called Dream Louder. And um, one of the things that I kind of try to remind myself is the idea of sort of dreaming our dreams and allowing ourselves to dream and to dream, basically dreaming louder, dreaming vividly and and sort of like expressing the things that we want. Um and and I think that process is important. There's this like Dizzy Gillespie were was asked, you know, if he if he kinda hears how 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 is he hearing the line that he's playing? And he was kinda basically saying that he, he hears it super loud. It's very, you know, high volume if you will. It's like kinda like it's not kinda like it's no it's like very, very present. And it's just an example, but the idea for me of, of expressing what it is that we want and dream in in words um, is really important. The other side of this album, or it's all connected. It's it's human interaction. It's it's seeing the beauty and the love uh, of people around us and and trying to recognize it. You know, you hang with a friend, you hang with your, you know, your girlfriend, your your boyfriend, whatever it is, and you can see the beauty in it, and you can kind of like say like, oh, this is really cool, like kind of like be thankful, not not in an annoying kind of like I'm thankful, but not that it's annoying, but just like, you know, just like being like, wow, I'm recognizing the beauty and the light in this situation and it's awesome. And by recognizing and by saying like, wow, this is awesome, you you even feel it more in a way. So, yeah. Right on. So how did this journey begin for you? How did you get into music and more specifically, how did jazz become your focus? Yeah, um, so for me, music was always something that I was uh, really curious about. I remember being a kid, and I, I kind of always wanted to play guitar. So I asked my parents many times, and they said I'm too small. And eventually, when I was like, I don't know, nine or ten, I started playing guitar. And I remember feeling, I wasn't serious, I just, you know, just played some chords and songs. But I remember feeling that that idea of, like, these sounds and music felt like this this magical world that uh, I have no idea of what's going on there. And I was really always, and still am, very curious to understand, truly to see what is happening there and to, to be a part of it. So there's this magical world that I'm seeing and I'm not a part of and I want to, you know, I want to be a part of. And this is like sort of like maybe one of the things that motivates me to to learn and to to keep growing and to practice every day and to explore music this idea of like it's 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 a universe there's no you know there's no ending to discovery 
uh, and creation. Um, so yeah, that is in general for music and with jazz specifically. Um, I remember just like my teacher, or actually a friend of my brother's, gave me a couple CDs when I started playing guitar. And he, you know, gave me like this West Montgomery, this John Schofield, this Pat Messini album. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I didn't understand what's going on there, but I thought it's really cool, you know, being like, I don't know, 12 or something. And, and then I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I started listening more and, and trying to figure it out little by little, you know. But uh, that was uh, the beginning of the process, I'd say. So what was the first live jazz show that you ever saw that really blew you away? I think I, it's not a jazz show, but I, I remember uh, like seeing like a Michael Jackson show <laughs> with my dad. And I remember the amount of energy that was in the air, in the audience. And I was just a kid, but I remember that as a really strong um, it had a strong effect, just how mesmerized all the people were and everybody. I mean, it was a huge kind of like, you know, place. But it was amazing to see that energy. And I really liked that energy of, of the music. Um, I think I saw um, Pat Messini actually in Israel. And I saw also the reason again, they were both uh, kind of stopping by, I guess, on tour in Israel one time. And I think like just the, the amount of freedom um, that these guys possess um, and can articulate was just beyond, beyond. And I remember just being kind of shocked. Like I remember there was one show that Barilla Grant um, was playing and at the end he, he ended the line on the guitar and he was ending the line by tuning the string down, but so fast that he was basically kind of playing the line on the tuning of the string, but it was the line. It was just in incredible, you know, <laughs> just like, like, wow, just beyond wow. what you imagine. Yeah, it was just insane. It was, it was really playing a line and finishing the line, but playing, again, pitches, like specific pitches on the string while tuning it back and forth in time. I was just like, what? <laughs> Uh, it, it was wow. so beautiful, you know, the creativity. And, of course, and, and hearing Pat as well, it's amazing. And, yeah, so these two shows uh, were very important for me, yeah. Well, I got very personal uh, pieces that will back up what you just said. I actually live specifically in the hometown here in Kansas City. I live in Lee Summit. That's where Pat Bettini's uh, from. That's where he grew up. Um, amazing. And... And also, when I was a kid, my dad was a car salesman, and he'd always get these raffles with all the other salesmen. And one year in 1985, he won tickets to Arrowhead Stadium to see Michael Jackson with the Jackson 5 on the victory tour. And wow. that blew my mind, because when that glove came up out of the ground and it was sparkling all over the place, it was like the yeah. closest I'll get to a Beatles show. It was just pandemonium. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was wild. So, you know, you're you've obviously dedicated your life to this world of making music and jazz. What is it that you look forward to the most or like the most about being a professional musician? Wow. Yeah. Great great question. Um I think the answer has a few levels to it. I think one is I 
like learning things. So, you know, I really like the idea of, you know, waking up and, and playing some piano and learning some stuff and then transcribing some stuff on guitar and learning. So I guess like the idea of learning and continuing to learn and, and I guess see the progress of things that I care about, whether it's, you know, whatever, playing some occupied bass or, 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 uh, you know, writing songs in weird odd meters and getting really comfortable with it. So all these things are things that are, are interesting for me. And, and I think that's the process of like just growing. Um, I think on, on a professional level, I think it's just like creating things that I love and in hope that it will also resonate with some people, you know, so creating, for example, this album, this project that I put a lot of energy and love in and, and hopefully like seeing, you know, people affected by it doesn't need to be anything specific, just, you know, like listening and, and, you know, resonating with it. Um, I guess that's uh, something that I'm, I'm hoping for and and thirdly I guess like bring the music out so like you know we're playing uh, actually a show in New York uh, tomorrow an album release show on the 19th um, that is in uh, New Blue and then we have a couple of tours um, we're playing a tour in Mexico in April at Polanco just tested on a few clubs in Mexico City and around and then uh, a week or 10 days in Europe um, in London, Paris, Berlin, all, all around. And, you know, doing these kind of actions, actually like playing with people for people is very meaningful for me. So that's something I love doing. And I'm I'm hopeful that that's something that I can, you know, keep on doing and, and progress with that. You know, the one thing, you're from Israel, is that, you know, the fact that, you know, America kind of in the beginning kind of incubated this music that came from Africa and it spread so far. It's gone to every corner of the globe. Very simply put, why do you love jazz? I love the the ability to connect with people and to create something that is is truthful. And I I also like the the sort of like the love that that this group of people, the audience and creators have toward the idea of dealing with something very, very positive and very, um, very human-like, you know, this is a conversation. This is, we're basically communicating and practicing, uh, or I would, I would put in phrases better, we're practicing in, in communicating better, in listening better, right? So as a musician, one of the, your strongest suit is how well can you process information and listen you know, listening to the bass, listening to the drums, listening to the band, listening to what is happening. And that is translated at the end of the day to how you're acting in your life, right? how you're listening to your, your friends or your wife or your kids or whatever it is. You know, this is a communication. It's a, it's a two-way street and sometimes more than two-way. But, but this idea of, of paying attention to listening and to being open to communication, I think, is really important for us as humans. So I, I love that in, in music and specifically in this creative space of jazz. So speaking of this community of jazz, I'm curious, you know, when the pandemic was really kind of going on, there was people were leaving big cities. There was a fear that, you know, uh, the younger players may not go to school and all of those things. But what are you seeing as far as the strength of the jazz community here in 2024? How strong do you see it? 
as right now, kind of coming out of this pandemic and, you know, with new albums and activity picking back up. Yeah, I feel uh, creators and audience as well are hungry for for action. You know, I feel like people want to create and want to do uh, even more. Um, so I feel like there is just like this strong urge of creating things and, and also appreciating our ability to, you know, connect. You know, if it was, remember when it was like, ah, oh, yeah, you can, you're not going to hug anybody for next year. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so now, you know, you can, you can say hi and you can play sessions and, and record and, and tour and, and meet people. And so I think, I think this, this idea of, of connecting is super strong. And I think we're all grateful for that. And, and, you know, we want to do it. I think, again, both audience and, and, uh, creatives. So let's say a time machine pulls up and you could go back in time and see any jazz show with your own eyes. Where are you going to go? Who would you love to see? Billions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a few. Like, I mean, like, of course, I really want to see Coltrane. I really want to see Billions. Um, I really want to see Ahmed Jamal. I mean, you know, uh, I will, uh, there are some, like, bands. I would really want to see Wes, you know, like live. I mean, it's, it's like the heroes, you know. Um, there's just a bunch of these bands and, and heroes that are just like, wow, I'm, I'm sure being there is something else. I mean, I heard stories, you know, talk to people that, that saw. It's even interesting, like uh, talking with people that, you know, saw Bill Evans a lot or, or Coltrane, and, and they're saying like, yeah, you know, you hear the recording and it sounds nice, but when you're in the room, yeah, like your your you know the hairs on your hand like it's like all spiked like you're like so emotional it's like it affects your physical body like the sound is so big and so strong and of course we hear the recording it's amazing but they say like yeah the live show it's like wow just the sound of the saxophone or the sound I remember the teacher at new school that we talked about um, eleven she was saying like yeah the sound he got on the piano is so big. You know, <laughs> and she's an amazing piano player. Um, and and it's just like it's interesting to to talk about this, you know, unquantized like assets of of these of these, you know, these great artists. And I wish I could see that. <laughs> of course, I see other amazing artists these days, but it's like th these are heroes. So yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's very pivotal and very necessary for people to catch this art form live. I've seen many shows that, you know, from musicians that I've listened to their albums for a long, long time, but when I finally saw them live, it was just, it was wild, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it definitely needs to be done. So, um, so at the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you run the show. You're in control. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? What do you mean? I don't understand the question completely. So, so it's everyone around you, you're cast in a certain light, whether your friends see you a certain way or your family sees you a certain way or fans that merely listen to your music perceive you a certain way. But ultimately, you're running the id. You're running the, the show. What, mm -hmm. is, what is your perception of who you are and what you're projecting to the world? Wow. I wish I knew. I mean, this is... It's a million dollar question. You, yeah, I mean, like you know, if you know who you are and what you want, what 
you know, what moves you, that's, that's the ultimate search, like what, who, you, who are you, you know? Yeah, I, I, if I had the answer, I would, I would be happy to share. <laughs> that's a good answer. Hey, if anyone wants to pick up the brand new album, learn about any live shows that might be coming up for you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, it's all, uh, you know, streamable on Spotify or whatever uh, platform you'd like to use. You can go to my website at rodentivan.com and check out more shows. And um, yeah, please keep in touch. Instagram, YouTube, all these are available for communication as well. Wonderful. Rokan, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for talking about the album and your life and music. I really appreciate it. Have a great 2024. Thank you. Likewise, happy to be here. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Chess interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Israel, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.